Section five of the Coquette. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Dolman. The Coquette, or The History of Eliza Wharton, by Hannah Webster Foster. Section five letter thirty to miss lucy freeman new haven i believe your spirits need a cordial indeed my dear lucy after drawing so dreadful a portrait of my swain but i call him mine no longer i renounce him entirely my friends shall be gratified and if their predictions are verified i shall be happy in a union with a man of their choice general richmond and lady have labored abundantly to prove that my ruin was inevitable if i did not immediately break all intercourse with major sanford i promised a compliance with their wishes and have accomplished the task though a hard one i found it last thursday he was here and desired leave to spend an hour with me i readily consented assuring my friends that it would be the last hour which I would ever spend in his company. He told me that he was obliged to leave town for a few days, and as I should probably see Mr. Boyer before his return, he could not depart in peace without once more endeavoring to interest me in his favor, to obtain some token of esteem, some glimpse of hope that I would not utterly reject him, to support him in his absence i thanked him for the polite attention he had paid to me since our acquaintance told him that i should ever retain a grateful sense of his partiality to me that he would ever share my best wishes but that all connection of the kind to which he alluded must from that time for ever cease he exerted all his eloquence to obtain a retraction of that sentence and ran with the greatest volubility through all the protestations prayers entreaties professions and assurances which love could feel or art contrive i had resolution however to resist them and to command my own emotions on the occasion better than my natural sensibilities gave me reason to expect finding every effort vain he rose precipitately and bade me adieu i urged his tarrying to tea but he declined saying that he must retire to his chamber being in his present state of mind unfit for any society as he was banished from mine i offered him my hand which he pressed with ardor to his lips and bowing in silence left the room thus terminated this affair an affair which perhaps was only the effect of mere gallantry on his part an unmeaning pleasantry on mine and which i am sorry to say has given my friends so much anxiety and concern i am under obligations to them for their kind solicitude however causeless it may have been as an agreeable companion as a polite and finished gallant major sanford is all that the most lively fancy could wish and as you have always affirmed that i was a little inclined to coquetry can you wonder at my exercising it upon so happy a subject 
besides when i thought more seriously his liberal fortune was extremely alluring to me who you know have been hitherto confined to the rigid rules of prudence and economy not to say necessity in my finances miss lawrence called on me yesterday as she was taking the air and asked me whether major sanford took leave of me when he left town he was here last week i said but i did not know that he had gone away oh yes she replied he has gone to take possession of his seat which he has lately purchased of captain preble i am told it is superb and it ought to be if it has the honor of his residence then you have a great opinion of major sanford said i certainly and has not every one else she said i am sure he is a very fine gentleman mrs richmond smiled rather contemptuously and i changed the subject i believe that the innocent heart of this simple girl is a little taken in i have just received a letter from mr boyer in the usual style he expects the superlative happiness of kissing my hand next week oh dear i believe i must begin to fix my fizz let me run to the glass and try if i can to make one that would look madamish yes i succeeded very well i congratulate you on your new neighbor but i advise friend george to have the gordian knot tied immediately lest you should be ensnared by this bewitching squire i have been trying to seduce general richmond to accompany me to the assembly this evening but cannot prevail were mrs richmond able to go with us he would be very happy to wait on us together but to tell the truth he had rather enjoy her company at home than any which is to be found abroad i rallied him on his old-fashioned taste but my heart approved and applauded his attachment i despise the married man or woman who harbors an inclination to partake of separate pleasures i am told that a servant man inquires for me below the messenger of some enamoured swain i suppose i will step down and learn what message he brings nothing extraordinary it is only a card of compliments from a mr emmons a respectable merchant of the city requesting the honor to wait on me to the assembly this evening a welcome request which i made no hesitation to grant if i must resign these favorite amusements let me enjoy as large a share as possible till the time arrives i must repair to the toilet and adorn for a new conquest of the person of eliza wharton letter thirty one to miss eliza wharton hartford i am very happy to find you're in so good spirits eliza after parting with your favorite swain for i perceive that he is really the favorite of your fancy though your heart cannot esteem him and independent of that no sensation can be durable i can tell you some news of this strange man he has arrived and has taken possession of his seat 
having given general invitations he has been called upon and welcomed by the most neighboring gentry yesterday he made an elegant entertainment friend george as you call him and i were of the number who had cards twenty-one couple went i am told we did not go i consider my time too valuable to be spent in cultivating acquaintance with a person for whom neither pleasure nor improvement is to be expected his profuseness may bribe the unthinking multitude to show him respect but he must know that though places of honour that have been bought for gold esteem and love were never to be sold i look upon the vicious habits and the abandoned character of major sanford to have more pernicious effects upon society than the perpetrations of the robber and the assassin these when detected are rigidly punished by laws of the land if their lives be spared they are shunned by society and treated with every mark of disapprobation and contempt but to the disgrace of humanity and virtue the assassin of honor the wretch who breaks the peace of families who robs virgin innocence of its charms who triumphs over the ill-placed confidence of the inexperienced unsuspecting and too credulous fair is received and caressed not only by his own sex to which he is a reproach but even by ours who have every conceivable reason to despise and avoid him influenced by these principles i am neither ashamed nor afraid openly to avow my sentiments of this man and my reasons for treating him with the most pointed neglect i write warmly on the subject for it is a subject in which i think the honor and happiness of my sex concerned i wish they would more generally espouse their own cause it would conduce to the public weal and to their personal respectability i rejoice heartily that you have resolution to resist his allurements to detect and repel his artifices resolutions in such cases absolutely necessary for in spite of all the virtue we can boast the woman that deliberates is lost as i was writing out yesterday i met your mamma she wondered that i was not one of the party at our new neighbors the reason madam i said is i do not like the character of the man i know nothing of him she said he is quite a stranger to me only as he called at my house last week to pay me his respects as he said for the sake of my late husband whose memory he revered and because i was the mother of miss eliza wharton with whom he had the honor of some little acquaintance his manners are engaging and i am sorry to hear that his morals are corrupt this my dear is a very extraordinary visit i fear that he has not laid aside his arts be still on your guard is the advice of your sincere and faithful friend lucy freeman letter thirty two to mr charles dayton hartford i am really banished and rejected desired never more to think of the girl i love with a view of indulging that love or rendering it acceptable to its object you will perhaps dispute the propriety of the term and tell me it is not love it is only gallantry a desire to exercise it with her as a favorite nymph 
I neither know nor care by what appellation you distinguish it, but it truly gives me pain. I have not felt one sensation of genuine pleasure since I heard my sentence, yet I acquiesced in it, and submissively took my leave, though I doubt not but I shall retaliate the indignity one time or other. I have taken possession of my new purchase, an elegant and delightful residence. It is rendered more so by being in the vicinity of my charmer's native abode. This circumstance will conduce much to my enjoyment, if I can succeed in my plan of separating her from Mr. Boyer. I know that my situation and mode of life are far more pleasing to her than his, and shall therefore trust to my appearance and address for the re-establishment of her favor. I intend, if possible, to ingratiate myself with her particular friends. For this purpose I called last week at her mother's to pay my respects to her, so I told the good woman, as an object of my particular regard, and as the parent of a young lady whom I had the honor to know and admire. She received me very civilly, thanked me for my attentions, and invited me to call whenever I had the opportunity, which was the very thing I wanted. I intend, likewise, to court popularity. I don't know, but I must accept, by and by, some lucrative office in the civil department. Yet I cannot bear the idea of confinement to business. It appears to me quite inconsistent with the character of a gentleman. I am sure it is with that of a man of pleasure. But something I must do, for I tell you, in confidence, that I was obliged to mortgage this place because I had not wherewithal to pay for it. But I shall manage matters very well. I have no doubt, and keep up the appearance of affluence till I find some lady in a strait for a husband whose fortune will enable me to extricate myself from these embarrassments. Do come and see me, Charles, for notwithstanding all my gaiety and parade, I have some terms of the hypo, some qualms of conscience, as you call them. But I meddle not with such obsolete words. And so, good-bye to you, says Peter Sanford. Letter 33 to Miss Lucy Freeman, New Haven My dear friend, I believe I must begin to assume airs of gravity, and they will not be quite so foreign to my feelings now as at some other times. You shall know the reason. I have been associated for three days with the sentiment and sobriety in the person of Mr. Boyer. I don't know, but this man will seduce me into matrimony. He is very eloquent on the subject, and his manners are so solemn that I am strongly tempted. Yet I dare not. To laugh. Really, Lucy, there is something extremely engaging and soothing, too, in virtuous and refined conversation. It is a source of enjoyment that cannot be realized by the dissolute and unreflecting. But then this particular theme of his is not a favorite one to me. I mean as connected with its consequences, care and confinement. 
however i have compounded the matter with him and conditioned that he shall expiate on the subject and call it by what name he pleases platonic or conjugal provided he will let me take my own time for the consummation i have consented that he shall escort me next week to see my mamma and my lucy oh how the idea of returning to that revered mansion to those beloved friends exhilarates my spirits general richmond's politeness to me has induced him to invite a large party of those gentlemen and ladies who have been particularly attentive to me during my residence here to dine and take tea to-morrow after that i expect to be engaged in making farewell visits till i leave the place i shall therefore forego the pleasure of telling you any occurrences subsequent to the date until you see and converse with your sincere friend eliza wharton letter thirty four to mrs richmond hartford dear madam the day after i left your hospitable dwelling brought me safe to that of my honored mamma to the seat of maternal and filial affection of social ease and domestic peace of every species of happiness which can result from religion and virtue from refinement in morals and manners i found my brother and his wife with lucy freeman and mr sumner waiting to receive and bid me welcome i flew with ecstasy to the bosom of my mamma who received me with her accustomed affection testified by the expressive tears of tenderness which stole silently down her widowed cheek she was unable to speak i was equally so we therefore indulged a moment in the pleasing emotions of sympathizing sensibility when disengaged from her fond embrace i was saluted by the others in turn and having recovered myself i presented mr boyer to each of the company and each of the company to him he was cordially received by all but more especially by my mamma the next day i was called upon and welcomed by several of my neighboring acquaintance among whom i was not a little surprised to see major sanford he came in company with mr stoddard and lady whom he overtook as he told me near by and as they informed him that the design of their visit was to welcome me home he readily accepted their invitation to partake of the pleasure which every one must receive on my return i bowed slightly at his compliment taking no visible notice of any peculiarity of expression either in his words or looks his politeness to mr boyer appeared to be the result of habit mr boyer's to him to be forced by respect to the company to which he had gained admission i dare say that each felt a conscious superiority the one from the score of merit the other of that of fortune which ought to outweigh the judicious mind will easily decide the scale as i once observed to you will turn as fancy or reason preponderates i believe the esteem which i now have for mr boyer will keep me steady except perhaps some little eccentricities now and then just by the way of variety i am going to-morrow to spend a few days with lucy freeman to assist in preparation for and the solemnization of her nuptials mr boyer in the meantime will tarry among his friends in town my mamma is excessively partial to him 
though i am not yet jealous that she means to rival me i am not certain however but it might be happy for him if she should for i suspect notwithstanding the disparity of her age that she is better calculated to make him a good wife than i am or ever shall be but to be sober please madam to make my compliments acceptable to those of your neighbors whose politeness and attention to me while i was at your house have laid me under particular obligations of gratitude and respect my best regards attend general richmond pray tell him that though i never expect to be so good a wife as he is blessed with yet i intend after a while when i have sowed all my wild oats to make a tolerable one i am anxious to hear of a wished for event and for your safety all who know you feel interested in your health and happiness but none more warmly than your obliged and affectionate eliza wharton letter thirty five to miss eliza wharton new haven i write a line at mrs richmond's request just to inform you eliza that yesterday that lovely and beloved woman presented me with a daughter this event awakens new sensations in my mind and calls into exercise a kind of affection which had before lain dormant i feel already the tenderness of a parent while imagination fondly traces the mother's likeness in the infant form mrs richmond expects to receive your congratulations in a letter by the next post she bids me to tell you moreover that she hopes to soon receive an invitation and to be able to attend to the consummation you talk of give mrs richmond's and my particular regards to your excellent mother and to the worthy mr boyer with sentiments of esteem and friendship i am etc s richmond letter thirty six to mrs richmond Hartford. from the scenes of festive mirth from the conviviality of rejoicing friends and from the dissipating amusements of the gay world i retire with alacrity to hail my beloved friend on the important charge which she has received on the accession to her family and may i not say on the addition to her care since that care will be more than counterbalanced by the pleasure it confers hail happy babe ushered into the world by the best of mothers entitled by birthright to virtue and honor defended by parental love from the weakness of infancy and childhood by guardian wisdom from the perils of youth and by affluent independence and the gripping hand of poverty in more advanced life may the animating prospects be realized by your little daughter and may you long enjoy the rich reward of seeing her all that you wish yesterday my dear friend lucy freeman gave her hand to the amiable and accomplished mr george sumner a large circle of congratulating friends were present her dress was such as wealth and elegance required her deportment was everything that modesty and propriety could suggest they are indeed a charming couple the constance of their dispositions the similarity of their tastes and the equality of their ages are a sure pledge of happiness 
Every eye beamed with pleasure on the occasion, and every tongue echoed the wishes of benevolence. Mine only was silence. Though not less interested in the felicity of my friend than the rest, yet the idea of separation, perhaps of an alienation of affection by means of her entire devotion to another, cast an involuntary gloom over my mind. Mr. Boyer took my hand after the ceremony was passed. Permit me, Miss Wharton, he said, to lead you to your lovely friend. Her happiness must be heightened by your participation of it. Oh, no, I said. I am too selfish for that. She has conferred upon another that affection which I wish to engross. My love was too fervent to omit a rival. Retaliate, then, said he, this fancied wrong by doing likewise. I observed that this was not a proper time to discuss that subject, and, resuming my seat, endeavored to put on the appearance of my accustomed vivacity. I need not relate the remaining particulars of the evening's entertainment. Mr. Boyer returned with my mamma. I remained at Mrs. Freeman's. We are to have a ball here this evening. Mr. Boyer has been with us and tried to monopolize my company, but in vain. I am too much engaged by the exhilarating scenes around for attending to a subject which affords no variety. I shall not close this until tomorrow. I am rather fatigued with the amusements of last night, which were protracted to a late hour. Mr. Boyer was present, and I was pleased to see him not averse to the entertainment, though his profession prevented him from taking an active part. As all the neighboring gentry were invited, Mr. Freeman would by no means omit Major Sanford, which his daughter earnestly solicited. It happened, unfortunately, shall I say, that I drew him for a partner. Yet I must own that I felt very little reluctance to my lot. He is an excellent dancer, and well calculated for a companion in the hours of mirth and gaiety. I regretted Mr. Boyer's being present, however, because my enjoyment seemed to give him pain. I hope he is not inclined to the passion of jealousy. If he is, I fear it will be somewhat exercised. Lucy Freeman, now Mrs. Sumner, removes next week to Boston. I have agreed to accompany her and to spend a month or two with her family. This will give variety to the journey of life. Be so kind as to direct your next letter to me there. Kiss the little dear babe for me. Give love, compliments, etc., as respectively do. And believe me, with every sentiment of respect, your affectionate Eliza Wharton. Letter 37 to Mr. Charles Dayton, Hartford. Dear Charles, my hopes begin to revive. I am again permitted to associate with my Eliza, invited to the same entertainment. She does not refuse to join with me in the mazy dance and partake of scenes of festive mirth. Nay, more, she allows me to press her hand to my lips and listens to the sighing accents of love. Love her I certainly do. Would to heaven I could marry her, 
would to heaven i had preserved my fortune or she had one to supply its place i am distracted at the idea of losing her for ever i am sometimes tempted to solicit her hand in a serious earnest but if i should poverty and want must be the consequence her disappointment in the expectation of affluence and splendor which i believe her ruling passion would afford a perpetual source of discontent and mutual wretchedness she is going to boston with her friend mrs sumner i must follow her i must break the connection which is rapidly forming between her and mr boyer and enjoy her society a while longer if no more i have had a little information from new haven that miss lawrence is partial to me and might easily be obtained with a handsome little property into the bargain i am neither pleased with nor adverse to the girl but she has money and that may supply the place of love by enabling me to pursue independent pleasures this she must expect if she marries a man of my caste she doubtless knows my character and if she is so vain and her charms are influenced to think of reforming or confining me she must bear the consequences however i can keep my head up at present without recourse to the noose of matrimony and shall therefore defer any particular attention to her till necessity requires it i am etc peter sanford End of section five